the nice little black screen of where I am. We can just oh, pretend sorry. that I'm there. <laughs> That's a work. All right. Um, we're live now. So welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books, usually. <laughs> and um, today we're having a little bit of a trouble with uh, getting the Skype to pick up the camera for Maria. But Maria is on the line. Welcome to the show, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. Not face included today, but... <laughs> You promise that I shower just for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, we do have a picture of, of you up, and we've got of course your uh, your cover. Um, Say you'll be mine as well. Yeah. So we've got um, that featured as well. So, can for people who aren't familiar with you, could you start out by just telling us a little bit about um, about you and what you write? Sure. Um, so I'm Ray Lewis, and I write contemporary romances, and I fit in. Romantic suspense, sports romance, and just like straight old good contemporary romance. So okay. very like Rachel Gibson, who's Elizabeth Phillips, and all those amazing authors I've read pretty much my entire life. Yeah. So you've had obviously a lot of inspiration along the way. And um, what do you think is the thing that if you, is there a particular theme to your? You have write a variety of different series, obviously, but yeah. what's sort of the the driving theme of your your work. If people say, okay, this is definitely a Maria, Maria Lewis book. Is there something that you point to? Yeah, um, I am a huge fan. Um, my books are like high heat, high laughs, and high emotion. So I, if I'm not throwing you through kind of like a roller coaster ride, then I'm usually not satisfied. Like I want you to be laughing one chapter, like waking up like whoever's next to you, and yeah. also the next chapter be like, oh my god, please don't make me cry. So I really just love like hitting all those emotions in one book, and the more I can do that, the happier that I am. I like that you say waking up the person next to you, like just yeah. saying that this person's <laughs> going to be reading late into the night anyway. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm um, assuming. Hopefully you won't sleep that night when you're reading. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's always a good, that's the best goal for an author. You know, the best compliment oh, yeah. I think any reader can give us is like, okay, you, you kept me up past my bedtime. Exactly. Like I had to go to work this morning and I only slept three hours. I'm like, perfect. Then like mission accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so you live in New Orleans. Yes. And I understand that your series are frequently based in New Orleans. Are all of your series set in New Orleans or, or just uh, the NOLA series? Um, the Nola Heart series is based in New Orleans, and so is my Blood Duet. Um, okay. But my hockey romances are based in Boston. So I'm actually like Boston raised, I'm, but I moved when I was 18 to go to college. So I've lived in okay. New Orleans for the last 10 years. So like my adult life is New Orleans, but you can't get rid of the Boston. So my books kind of straddle both cities. Well, those are that's a fun combo because there's a lot of character in both cities. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, what is it that you love about New Orleans that made you want to set your your books there? Um, I'm just, I am just obsessed with this city. Like I don't, as soon as I came here, so funny enough, I actually moved to New Orleans um, or wanted to move to New Orleans based on Sherilyn Kenyon's Dark Hunter series, which oh, I started nice. reading way too early. Like it's vampire romance, like way too early in my life. Um, but I absolutely loved them and they're all set in New Orleans. And I fell in love with the city before I even stepped here. So for me, like New Orleans has just been a place that has like had my heart way before I even moved here. Yeah. Um, so it's just the magic, it's the um, history and pretty much like the culture, everything all combined. So it's hard for me to like step away and be like, I should write in a different city. Yeah. I, I can imagine that, you know, you have to write what you love. And if, exactly. if, if a city is part of what you love, then it makes sense to set it there. Um, so can you tell people a little bit about uh, Say You'll Be Mine specifically? Sure. So this is a um, 
high school sweethearts, they break up, and 12 years later, the heroine comes back in town. They did not end well. <laughs> um, so it is, it's a lot of fun. The hero is a cop, a detective here in New Orleans, and the heroine is kind of at loose ends. Like, she's left her job, kind of fled it, come back to New Orleans, and she's back in this place that she's kind of refused to return to for all these years. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a really fun way to kind of give New Orleans almost its own character in a way. And um, I threw a lot of, like, anecdotes in. Like, my old crazy neighbor, I made her the neighbor in the story because I was like, can you a crazy neighbor? And I was like, you know, why, why make one up when I could just <laughs> use my old real one? Um, and so it's got like, just a lot of fun New Orleans touches, but it is at its heart, like, a second-chance romance slash enemies to lovers. Okay. So those are some very, you know, obviously common themes in certain types of contemporary romance and oh, yeah. you're, you obviously sound very knowledgeable. Do you pick the, the sort of the hook, like the second chance romance and we selfish before you start writing or is that something that just sort of naturally evolves as you write the story? So when I started, I didn't like when I started, I mean, I've been writing for years, but when I first get started getting ready to like publish my books, like I didn't mm-hmm. think of a trope or a hook and I would be done. I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> what? what is the hook? Like, I don't know. I just really love this story. Um, but, um, as I've progressed since then, I go in to the book knowing kind of what that trope is going to be. So, um, I write the book of my heart. I write the book that I want to write, but I Mm -hmm. make sure that there is a hook, um, for readers to be like, Ooh, I really like those types of stories and they'll want to pick it up. Is there a certain amount of tropes that you try to straddle in one particular story or is there a minimum maximum say i got got at least to get two in here (laughs) you're like oh gotta hit more bullet points like three more to go um no not not so much i usually have one um but in romance just like in every other genre there's just so many um so many tropes so many like so many things that you can hit that a lot of times other ones will like float in, but they're not the main. They're not the main trope. And a lot of times, even when I um, market a book or I like write ad copy for a book, I won't mention those. Mm. Like I won't mention the side ones. I'll kind of let those ones be a uh, surprise for when you get into the book. I um, speaking of ad copy, I really enjoy your ad copy, and I think you you do it really oh, well. Thanks. <laughs> um, I especially like the phase. Um, you know, so hot you'll be fanning your Kindle. I thought oh, that yeah. was very uh, cleverly written. Um, I try. Yeah, what are some things that you try to do differently with your with your copy, or any recommendations for people who are writing in, in romance as far as like how to get the core of your your story across in your ad copy and like your book descriptions? Yeah. So when I um, I come from a marketing background, so mm-hmm. I kind of am able to kind of nitpick how I used to work in my old jobs and kind of put that into the books. Um, but the main thing is, is seriously just what is your, if you had to come up with one line for the entire book, what would it be? So for mm-hmm. sale, be mine. It was, and still is falling in love with your ex should never feel this good. Um, okay. and so it's finding the one line that kind of captures everything. And, um, and really building off of that. So, like, what other things can you say um, to kind of flush that out, to give readers a little bit more? Um, and also, sh- this is going too way too, too deep into it, but um, short, concise lines. So mm. never anything that's too long. Um, again, my, ner- my nerdiness will come out. But, yeah, short, concise lines are the way to go. It's easier and quicker to read when you're skimming through. Interesting. Okay. So that applies to all your ad copy and your 
Yeah, like even um, blurbs. Like blurbs, you don't want. Um, my Nola Heart ones aren't like that as much because I really base those off of um, more streamlined contemporary romances, like more mm. traditional. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of mine are very um, one line or two line per paragraph and moving down because readers actually, like studies show that people, when they read, they stick to the left half of the page and they don't move to the right. So the more you have on the left-hand side is the better you go. So that's I bring really that into blurbs and everything else like that. That's 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 good to know. Yeah, you definitely have some technical marketing tips in there for people. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Said, I'm a nerd, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> no, it's good. The more you study this stuff, the, the better you get at it. And uh, yeah. we should say that you've been incredibly successful. When did you first? Uh, when did you publish your first book? Um, April 2017. It was April 13th. Okay. And how many books out do you have now? I have. Um, I just published my tenth book in September. So, but I, yeah, but I did, so it was like a little over, about a year and a half, um, but I did pre-write four of them before I published the first one. So that's kind of why they were able to come out faster. I can't write at that pace on right. a normal basis. Yeah, no, I think I've heard you mention that maybe on a previous interview or something like that, but, um, yeah. so what were, what were some of the things that you did coming right out of the gate that made them, you know, catch fire and, and take off? Um, so a lot of what I did was building, um, an initial arc team, which mm. was really good. So my book power play, I did not intend to write a hockey series. I just wanted to write that book. Yeah. I didn't intend to publish it either. And then I was like, I think I'll just, I think I will. Um, so I built an arc team off of that book. Um, and from there I built a newsletter and the, I feel like the key things are to when I started, was that I knew that the first few books probably weren't going to make me a lot of money. And so I didn't, and I know that's a kind of like a simple thing to say, but I didn't go in thinking, like, I'm going to come out of here and be J.K. Rowling on the first book. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I sold a book. Perfect. Now, like, move on to the next, because um, everything comes from your backlist, I feel like, in the beginning, like, and your future successes are built on the bones of the books you've previously released. So I put my head down, and I just worked on getting the next one out, making sure everything was like very well done, and then learning ads, Facebook and Amazon from the get-go. Mm. Yeah, I know that's a big... And are you part of uh, Mark Dawson's course? Yes, so yeah, I took actually it. found his 101 course mm -hmm. in November of 2016, So and I, and I took it way before I even published the first book, and I learned... Um, a lot of like book marketing from those, and then I ended up taking his ads for authors course too. Yeah, it's phenomenal stuff for for anyone starting out. If you're looking for for courses, we can, you know, Maria is a testament oh. to the power of what Mark does. Uh, Cecilia awesome. Mecca is watching. Says hi, Maria Nathan. So Cecilia says hello. Hi, Cecilia. I love um, her. Marilyn <laughs> is watching. We've got few, some few people watching. So if you're watching live, um, definitely throw up your comments and questions. Feel free to ask any questions you might have. For Maria, and we'll try to answer them. Or if you're watching the replay later and you have comments, um, we'll try to come back on and have Maria um, maybe answer your questions later on. Perfect. Maybe with the video. With <laughs> <laughs> some more video. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about was the idea of how you go into constructing your characters. Especially, I mean, there's kind of this idea in romance of the book boyfriend. Of, oh, yeah. You know, there's... A reader wants to escape and have this romance with this new imaginary boyfriend. What are some things that go into crafting a good book boyfriend? Book boyfriend. Um, so I know that like I would have a different like, answer than a lot of authors because um, a lot of romance authors, a lot of um, 
and I, and I read these books, so I'm not saying like, don't do this because like I do, my Kindle is full of them, um, Uh where it's kind of like the imaginary, like the ideal of what you want. Um, my, my heroes and my books are way more grounded in reality. So, um, even like my sports heroes, like they're NHL players. Like I really tackle the avenue of like, um, they're super, super famous versus I want them to have real concrete issues. So for me, like I want readers to be able to like pick one of my books up and be like, Oh my, like, Oh my God, that reminds me of my husband or that reminds me of my cousin who does this because I just really love focusing on, um, the reality of it. And then of mm. course, spicing it up because it is, it is fiction. Um, but when it comes to crafting them, I do a lot of, work on their backgrounds so what makes them who they are today and also really kind of giving them a solid like kind of circle like who who are their friends um what do they do how does what they do impact to their personality and i kind of just go from there okay interesting yeah um do you find that having a I, and a lot of times people go with, oh, it's the, the sexy firefighter or sexy policeman in this case or mm-hmm. NHL player. Are there particular yeah. jobs that lend themselves better to book boyfriend roles? I think so. I mean, I think, like, as a, like a reader, like, you're like, oh, my God, like, I love it when so-and-so is, like, a um, like a firefighter, yeah, or, or a cop or, like, the hot cop, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, or, the, but... At the same time, like, I think it is fun to kind of break those stereotypes. So, like, one of my favorite things to do is kind of, like, gender role reversal. Not necessarily, like, I do write MF, so male-female, but breaking, like, who technically has, like, the upper hand, you know? Or um, one of my books, The Hero is Younger Than the Heroine um, by, like, three or four years. And I just wanted to write, you know what I mean? So I, like breaking expectations in yeah. whatever way that I can. Um, I think it's fun and it's fun for the reader, but there are definitely job roles <laughs> that readers get way more excited about than like, oh, the guy that like collects my trash. Yeah. Like, you know, although that could work out. I don't, it just needs the right story. <laughs> yeah, you got to write that, you know, sexy accountant story, you know. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the CPA, they just, yeah. just go right for it. They just, you know. <laughs> You gotta tear tear some spreadsheets apart and really I don't know I don't know how to yeah exactly or <laughs> from the desk it, it could yeah work. I guess it can happen it can happen it can happen yeah um, but I, I like that your idea of, of role reversal and I noticed even in your description on your website you talked about you know strong men and the women who sweep them off their feet and yeah. um, kind of coming at it from a different angle it's like I, I reread it twice I'm like wait a minute, wait what oh yeah okay I like what you did there yeah and, uh, exactly yeah that's a lot of fun yeah um, it is. Yeah. So okay. So 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 possibly roles can play into it. You want to switch yes. it up. You like to make it a little bit more more gritty. Any other like common things that you think that you definitely want to see happen in your particular characters? Your or even yeah. with, or even with your heroines, like that you definitely want to put in each book. Yeah. I mean, I really like, um, especially as the couple for together. I like creating. Um, inside jokes with them whether Mm. it's like a new inside joke or a past one because i think it lends to a chemistry that's not just physical like Mm. when when the couple will like they have their own little thing and like other people around or you know what i mean or maybe it's a phrase like in my book body check um it's a divorced couple who end up reuniting so it's a second chance romance um but one thing they always said 
when they were married was always you. And they would kind of like hook, like they would kind of like touch hands and always say it. So like mm. as they get closer and as they get back together, that is a phrase that starts to be said again. And so like coming up with different things that, um, show and signify like their relationship growing that's mm-hmm. not just like oh they're in the sack five times in that book right <laughs> like, it has to be you know? sort of like an echo of a previous love that they had kind of yeah or yeah that. or just like something that is if they're a new couple they've never met but like they have inside jokes that they're forming so mm. um and so again because i like to balance the emotional from the physical like i don't want it i don't want readers to ever feel like they're only together because they thought the other one was hot like no i want them to walk away feeling like this couple literally met their soulmate and that's who they're meant to be with yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. um where are you by the way i hear a lot of people walking around and talking in the background i just don't know i can't see you obviously so i'm in i'm in my house but my mom is in town so she's in like the other like other room and i have the door shut (laughs) oh okay yeah (laughs) that's fine we're just maybe broadcasting part of their conversation. I'm not really sure. Let's, you know, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't sure because I can't see you. I'm like, hey, where is What's she? Going What's going on? Yeah, on there? no, there. I'm in a different room, but just having a having a party. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so one of the things that I was happily not surprised by, but one of the, when I announced that we were going to have this conversation. Um, online, a whole bunch of people freaked out and got excited about it because oh. <laughs> you have a great following, and you also have a lot of other authors in the in the community who love you and, and think you're the best. So, the <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you have been doing as far as connecting with other authors in the community to sort of um, build your reputation as an author and sort of grow your business? How how are you becoming such a well liked author? Oh, I feel like it's like a question, like, how are you popular? I'm like, I don't think I am. Um, I just, I think I just, I like to create um, genuine relationships with people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not someone on the general basis that is like, um, I guess you could say, like, I don't always reach out to people. That's because I'm shy. Mm. Um, I'm like the extroverted introvert, you know? Um, So I don't always do that in that sense. So for me, it's, genuine relationships that I'm meeting people and I just um, kind of just grow from there. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. I don't always comment um, because I try to keep my Facebook like activity to like morning and night and not like go throughout the day. Um, But yeah, like I just like to meet people and talk to people and then a lot of times they come visit me and I get really excited because New Orleans is a prime destination. So I'm like, I'll be your tour guide. It used to be my job. (laughs) We can hang out. Um, And so, yeah, it kind of goes from there. That's fantastic. Um, Cecilia says she is the best. Um, Samantha Garman says, I heard there were vampire bars in New Orleans. So I don't yes, know Sam, there are vampire bars in New Orleans. <laughs> is that on the tour? <laughs> um, it can be on the tour. It's a secret vampire bar. Um, in my prior life, I was a ghost tour guide, so I know a lot of weird things that happen in the city. <laughs> yeah, well, with that with that city, there's got to be some fun ghost stories. Oh yeah, there's there's a ton. I was literally walking my mom around last night and be like, oh, this building, this happened, and that building, that happened, and she's like, Marie, we're not on a tour. I'm like, you're right. I'll stop talking. <laughs> It's hard when you know so much and you just want to share. I mean, there's some exactly. Fun I'm like, let me tell you the stories, but yeah. Yeah. No. Um, 
I wanted to t touch base on your website just for a second. Oh, first of all, we should, should mention, anyone's watching, if you want to take a look at uh, Say You'll Be Mine, um, it is free right now. Yes. On Amazon, and is it free everywhere? Where, where else is it? Um, I'm exclusive to Amazon, okay. so it's just, it KU and Amazon, it's free all weekend. Okay. All right, fantastic. So everyone can try out some of this uh, steamy fan your, fan your Kindle romance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, try not to light anything on fire. Um, but I wanted to talk to you, too, about you've got some serials. People can sign up to get some serial stories on. And I saw a note that even said that uh, you take some reader feedback on where you even take the serial as you're writing it. Can you tell people a little yeah, bit about it, that? It's, yeah, so it's com actually completely reader-based. So I don't know if you remember when, like, Kindles first came out, you had those... Um, it was kind of like build your own stories. It wasn't like romance based, but I remember I have one on my Kindle and it has like a banana on the cover, but at the end of every chapter you had like four sections, like four things that you could choose what you wanted to happen next. Yeah. And you picked one and it brought you to that, brought you to that. So you had multiple options for the story. Yeah. I wanted to do something like that, but I was like, I cannot write a story with four options on Like I can't, that's way too complicated and way too much. So what I decided to do instead was instead I would write, um, I instead would make it so that way readers at the end of every chapter would vote for what they wanted to happen next. So I would give them, instead of like allowing those four choices to become part of the story, mm -hmm. I would give them four options. They would choose one and I would run with the one that had the highest votes. And so I never knew what would happen, was happening. They never knew what was happening. And so every single week, and I wouldn't allow myself to either, also I wouldn't let myself look at the voting until like I would post Tuesdays and I would start writing like Saturday, Sunday. So like Saturday wow. night I would go look and be like, okay, let's make this happen. And then would write it and then post again on that following Tuesday. And wow. so that's how the entire, yeah, that's how it would go. So that's how my love serials work. They're a lot of fun. Um, and full of blindsides because sometimes I thought one thing would happen and readers were like, nope, that is not what's <laughs> happening. Um, but I will say like on the flip side that actually did kind of teach, it did show me um, within even crafting books on my own, obviously without reader input, mm -hmm. what kind of readers are looking for. So it was kind of an interesting experiment without it yeah. intending to be an experiment by any means. Yeah. And it's a great way to, to sort of put a fire under you to hurry up and write that scene Yes. In two days, so you <laughs> exactly. get it posted. Yeah, I mean, it did come with a disclaimer. Please ignore typos. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not going through a proofreader within a two-day period. Yeah, absolutely not. What is your normal writing schedule like? Um, <laughs> the writing schedule I would like to be versus the writing schedule I am. I would love to write, write in the mornings and be done by mid-afternoon, um, no. but I don't end up writing until literally late at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm a night writer. Yeah, we were commenting about this in a, in a similar yeah. group, I know, because I have the same issue of being more creative at night. My brain just functions differently the closer I am to sleep, and I think that the day is done, so a lot of the things that were on my mind are no longer on my mind. Exactly, and I think it's also like when there's like stuff to do like on the to-do list, I can't focus on writing mm -hmm. until I get those things done, because they, they just like sit in the back of my head, it's kind of like, you need to do this, so... Yeah, yeah little, little cloud hanging over your head and blocking yeah, your creativity. Exa exactly. So I'm like, okay, I just need to focus. I'll, I will write tonight, and I will, I'll, I'll, I'll write until like three, four in the morning sometimes, and oh, wow. and and be totally fine with it. So, so um, 
when you're not writing, you know, choose your own adventure type style <laughs> stories, are you um, outlining pretty heavily before you go? Or how, what's your what's your planning process look like? Um, non-existent. No, I'm just kidding. I don't actually, I'm a pantser. I'm not a plotter, uh, but I do know, um, I usually, I know the trope going in. Um, I do character sketches kind of on a basic level. So like mm-hmm. age, what they look like, um, what their job is. I know usually kind of their personality before I start. And then, um, I usually know what I, what, what I want the conflict to be like the overall conflict. I know that. And then the rest of it, I just, start writing and yeah. figure it out as I go along, which means the first half of my book is usually kind of messy. And the second half is very clean um, because it's, there's really not much work that needs to be done at the latter half versus the first half where I'm still figuring out where of, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> like floundering around just okay. trying to make sense of what's will happening. This, will this chapter go anywhere? Will this subplot go anywhere? <laughs> will it be <laughs> trashed? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> How much of this will get deleted? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's, exactly. Well, it's obviously yeah. working. Whatever your method is, it's, it's clearly working because we've managed to put out 10 books in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, I did just buy a plotting book, so I'm hoping that maybe it will change my bad habits and I will like learn to, <laughs> learn to plot better, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I think every writer has their own evolution of when that's appropriate to happen and when they can... We all, we all see all these tools out there and all these different methods, but the, you still have to apply it to what works for you, and it sounds like you're doing that. You're doing what works, obviously. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Cross my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of things that are working, like uh, as far as the marketing side of things, obviously you're doing incredibly well on the marketing side. Do you have any um, tips for romance writers um, who are navigating these waters right now as far as things that are working really well for you on the marketing side? Yeah, so for me, um, Facebook ads are my bread and butter. I'll be, like, completely blunt. I started off only doing Amazon ads and then doing, like, boosts, um, um, which I feel like boosts are, like, the gateway to Facebook ads. Like, when you're not quite sure, just boost it and hope for the best. Um, But Amazon ads are what I started with. But then I started to see that they didn't have as much kind of impact for me. And I think that kind of came with – bids kind of really skyrocketing mm-hmm. or at least in romance you know yeah. where you used to be able to bid like 16 cents and it would do something for you now it's like a minimum of you know my acos is never less than like 60 cents like it's it's quite high um so but so i find that my i guess i get more bang for my buck out of facebook ads so mm-hmm. um and within those Starting small for your ads always, always works. Like, I still start small when I create a new ad. I never create an ad, and even for a book that I've been advertising for, like, a year, and go in with, like, a $25 spend for the day. Like, I never $50. Like, I start $5, mm-hmm. and I and I watch, and I look for the click-through rate. What is the click-through rate looking like? Um I have high expectations. I like mine to be over 20%, <laughs> um, but the standard average is 6%. Um, I also like a CPC, um, and I kind of just go from there. And if it looks good, then I usually will duplicate the ad to a higher budget. Hmm. And I'll keep kind of doing that until I kind of reached where, like, this is my maximum bid for this book. So Facebook ads definitely get me farther right now than Amazon ads. What do you recommend people are using for, um, creative as far as images? Do you do sort of generic images? Do you just kind of stick to book cover images? What, what usually works for you? Um, I stick to, um, for me, I get best results when I do a dude in the image or a couple. 
So in the, um, it doesn't matter necessarily what the guy is doing. Like he could just be standing. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like it doesn't. He doesn't have to be like sitting or even like like holding a hockey stick. But just you know what I mean? Or yeah. a couple, which makes sense because I have to look at my audience and my demographic and kind of know what they're going to expect and what they're going to click on. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of times add like an iPad of the book cover, hmm. um, but I do that for more of a brand awareness than knowing that the click-through rate will be better. But on the flip side, because um, your CPC will always be higher if you have an iPad because Amazon, uh, Facebook looks at it as text. So mm. it, will always, it will always be just a little bit higher um, scent-wise. Um, but on the flip side, readers, that means there's a lower, like a roadblock for them when they go from the ad to the book page. Like they've already seen the cover. Clearly they like the cover enough to click and then more likely to convert. You're only selling them on the blurb at that point and the sample um, or price point, depending if you have a high price point or not. Mm. Um, but yeah, so for the image, it's usually kind of like a nice stock image that sometimes I will edit them myself, like in Canva or Photoshop to make it look um, more popping, I guess you could say, because some stock images are quite bland. But if you kind of play with the filters or anything like that, you can make it look really stand out for people to click on. Interesting. And then mm -hmm. obviously you've got your catchy copy that you, that you yes. have a lot of good, good writing uh, skills there. Have you played around with video ads much? Are those working for you? Um, I've done some with um, GIFs. So I will sometimes like post a GIF and then I will do that, um, especially because I will, I like to do that before the book comes out. Um, because I like to then go and retarget everybody who then watched that GIF. Oh, fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you can do a lot of, like, custom audiences and retargeting that way, and GIFs are one of the easiest ways to do it because, like, they're usually 20 seconds, for example. They're cheaper than doing, like, a video ad, yeah. you know, like a video trailer, and you can set it that, you know, you only want it to retarget to people who watch the first, say, like, five seconds. Or, okay. or they stayed after seven seconds. You know, they clearly were interested enough to keep watching. Um, and I find doing that, even though it's not directly a video ad, um, mm -hmm. it's really beneficial, and I get a lot of good results out of it. That's, that's really cool. That's a, that's a neat idea for people to try out. Mm -hmm. um, I know we've already sort of blazed through half an hour already, but I wanted to uh, mention no, quickly... Right Book Boyfriends Anonymous. Can you tell people a little oh, yes. about your, your reader group? My reader group. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's my favorite place on the internet, um, and my readers are really fantastic. So I do a, a lot of – it's just a way, a place for me to be kind of authentic that's not like a newsletter where it feels sort of like I'm talking at somebody, like it's yeah. more of a conversation. Um, like my readers, like after all this time – no, for example, and no one for hate in the comments, but like, I can't stand the song. Don't like, don't stop believing by journey. Like I can't stand it. And so they think it's hilarious and they'll post the video, like the video <laughs> or they'll post, they'll find a meme that's like about journey and they'll put it in there. So it's a way for like, not only for me to like, be like, Oh, I have a book coming out or here's a snippet or here's an excerpt. It's a way for readers to, get to know me on a personal level. So yeah. like I'll do um, hang out in wine sessions. So I'm like, everyone pour your cocktails or water or whatever you're drinking. Yeah. And we'll just sit and hang out for like two hours. And it's super laid back. And it, it's not me being like, oh, I mean, I'll answer questions if someone has any, but it's just a fun time. And it's not, you know, mm -hmm. it, I want to feel like a community 
not just a place for me to like advertise my books. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great way to do it. And I think there's a sort of movement that way, I think too. And mm-hmm. I know, um, I know I recently was just had an episode where I was talking about Tammy LeBrecht's newsletter ninja, where she's talking about like, you're not really selling books, you're selling yourself, you know, yes. and, and you're not even just selling, you're just hanging out. Like in this case, I think that's a great idea. Just hang out and really get to know your readers and, um, make those friendships. And it seems like for what everyone says, you know, genuine friendships is kind of like your brand a little bit. Yeah, so. I think so. I really do think so. Cause it's, it's what, um, I heard someone said this in a group that I'm in and I don't remember, I think it might've been in Alessandra Torres Inkers, but someone made a comment of, um, at some point people don't just buy your book, they buy you and not mm-hmm. in kind of like a negative implication but more of like they enjoy you as a person and they want to read your books because like they just like you um so it was kind of an interesting way that they put it but i really was like that's kind of true yeah no and it sounds like you're doing an amazing job of getting people to to buy into what you're all about and um thank you (laughs) yeah well that's great so where can people find uh, more information about you and if they want to connect with you and uh we've given them a couple places but maybe you can just run through the highlights for them yeah um y'all can uh follow me um on my newsletter i send twice a month um i try to do like character interviews or just like fun random stuff in there um i do instagram instagram is more like behind the scenes so like not it's usually not what i post on facebook or in my reader group or anything like that it's also um, I love photography, so you'll yeah. find like book stuff, but you'll also find like landscapes and travel stuff because that's just what I love. Um, it's the old tour guide in me. Yeah. And then um, what's it called? My reader group is if you want to like hang out on the regular and kind of all like that book boyfriends anonymous. And then Facebook on my fan page is um, kind of the same, but um, a little bit more book oriented than all the other platforms. That's fantastic. Um, Maria, thank you so much for taking your time to, to be here on, on the show with us today. I'm sorry we couldn't get your, your lovely face on the screen. It's but, okay. Um, <laughs> I got the picture to work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely um, have you back on again sometime in future, if maybe next time you have a book out. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Nathan. I'm sorry about the video. Oh, no worries. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening and for watching, and we'll see you again next episode. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye.